Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the game show, the only game show where nobody ever wins. That's right. Bold predictions are back with Bill Landis, Jeremy Jeremy Birmingham, and me, Austin Ward. I'm so excited. I can barely talk. The return of bold predictions means that Ohio State and Indiana is just a little over a week away. Happy Freaky Friday. Happy bold predictions. Let's get to it. Bill Landis, go. Oh, I get to go first? Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm, uh, all right, good, good, good. Because uh, my first one was probably, I don't know, I don't think this qualifies as lukewarm. It's perhaps a bit obvious. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to win the Heisman Trophy this year. Bold indeed, sir. Bold P number one. Um, I actually like we've we've talked about his value. I think a time or two on on the daily. It's pretty good uh, in terms of betting. If you wanted to go down that road, I actually think this sets up kind of nicely for Marvin. Because I don't think Caleb Williams is going to repeat as the winner. It just just seems unlikely to happen. I know people are excited about Drake May, and he's very good. It might be the first pick in the draft. But I don't think UNC will be nationally relevant enough for him to win the award, and there will be enough happening outside of that for him to like not have the Lamar Jackson type year where he just wins on sheer statistical production, even though his team wasn't that, that good or, or part of the national conversation late in the year. So I'm not too worried about him. Um like Quinn Ewers, I think could be hot if Texas is good, but I don't think they're going to be. Um, so it's like Jordan Travis and Jaden Daniels and JJ McCarthy slash Michigan's running back. Maybe um, I kind of like Marv's chances in, in a field like that, and and I think he will be in a position where it'll be more viewed as any success is more viewed about Marvin than it will be the quarterback this year because the quarterback will be new. And I think he's going to go bonkers statistically. Like I think he's going to break Jackson Smith and Jigba's records for single season receptions and yards. He's going to have to to win this to win this award. And I think he'll be more flirting with the kind of season we saw from Devontae Smith when he won the Heisman Trophy as a receiver in the 2020 season. And he'll have more games to do it. Devontae Smith won it with 11 games that year. Marvin will have 13 by the time that the Heisman votes are are due. So Marvin Harrison Jr. Are going to hold that bronze trophy at the end of the year. It's made out of bronze, right? It's copper. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's bronze. It's paper. Uh, I think as much as like some Heisman voters seem to be trying to, they're not protest votes. They're they're trying to break out of the typecasting that it's got to be a Heisman winner type voting. We could say, uh, and, and Devontae Smith was the perfect example of that. I think if those voters look at this and be like, "Hey, we did this." three years ago for this guy he's not an alien like this one over here like i think maybe we should probably give marvin harrison jr the benefit of the doubt like he seems much the season he had even a year ago to me was better than what devonta smith did but um maybe i'm way off base on that but if he stays healthy i think he's going to do ridiculous things and i think you're right he's more inclined to get the credit for that than either Kyle McCord or Devin Brown or some combination of both since that's probably what we'll see at least for the first couple of weeks I'm going to uh, ignore your disparagement of Philadelphia Eagles legend Devontae Smith. And have you been with you? Have you been thrilled with the results of the Slim Reaper? I doubt it. He was good last year. What are you talking about? Yeah, pretty good. good. Pretty alien like team that lost. I think the fact that Marv's an alien will be actually held against him in the Heisman voting because the (laughs) thing about a guy like Devontae Smith is that people look at him and go, "Oh, look at him. He's cute. He's so tiny. He's playing so big." Uh, But Marv is like. Like so abnormal that people will be like, yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. Um, but I'm gonna 
jump in here and piggyback off of Bill's prediction as far as my first one goes. Uh, and it's that Marvin Harrison will not only break the, I, I don't think he's going to break the yardage marker, just to be clear. Uh, I don't think he's going to break the receptions record either, but I think he will break Terry Glenn's single season touchdown record at Ohio State. And I think he will finish with 19 touchdown catches, which will then put him ahead of Chris Olave as the school's all-time leading touchdown receiver in a career. Um, and on top of that, I think Ohio State is also going to see its all-time single-season rushing touchdown record of 24 broken this year as well. I think Travion Henderson will run for 25 touchdowns. What, is this a parlay? You could have broke those <laughs> into two. Nope. I want to I want to put it out here like this. I think 19 receiving touchdowns for, for, for Marv, 25 rushing touchdowns for Travion Henderson. I guess... We all intended on making a Marvin Harrison Jr. prediction as part of Bold P's for the season. Why would we why all not? talk about the best player in college football in a <laughs> yeah. show that's meant to be ludicrous? <laughs> that seems that seems unusual. I guess we should. I thought so I was one one better than Berm, I guess. I think Marvin is going to have 20 touchdowns, uh, two, three touchdown games, a couple, couple hat tricks, a couple triple ding-dongs, if you will. And he will celebrate with zero dabs this season. <laughs> now, I know Marv doesn't watch this show, um, but I'm going to clip this section of it, and I will show it to him next week. And I will say, Marv, are you going to let this guy doubt you? He knows that the dab is returning. We're seeing it all over the place. People are dabbing left. They're dabbing right. At some point, are they? Marv, aren't they? Marv is going to be the guy who does the dab and changes everything for everyone. And I can't wait to see it. I'm thinking that'll happen about the, hold on, let's drill down, um, six-minute mark of the first quarter against Indiana. I don't like how Marvin has been willing to humor you and entertain this notion dating back to the spring. Like, oh, yeah, Berm, that is a good idea. And I've warned him repeatedly not to give in. He can choose whatever dance move he wants. The world's most electric if athlete, Ellie De La Cruz, is dabbing all over the place, and Marv is next. Bank Do you think they're it. from the same planet? I'm not going to suggest that that's like untrue. I don't have proof of it, but I, I could get on board with that concept, that they are mm. both from the same planet. The truth is out there. Ooh. I would like to see okay. Elliot play receiver for sure. Do you think Marv could go like steal three bases in a row? Steal home? I think he could steal the bases. I don't think Marv has the pop in the bat, though, to do it. To did do what you Ellie see the dish. what Ellie did two days ago when he went from first to home in nine seconds? Uh-huh. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard on a baseball field. Was it nine seconds? Nine seconds. That's that pretty wild. Right. It, well, Thanks for coming for some baseball breakdown on bold predictions. We it's absurd. That's right. Freaky Friday has lost the plot in record time. BP number two, Bill Landis. Ohio State's defense is going to have fifty sacks this year. Um, it's something. Whoa! Did we happened. just have an over under last week? Did we? Yeah, you were you were struggling to get over forty last week. Really? I don't remember. Yes. That. If that we happened. Said that we Forget set it. the number at 39. What the hell happened okay. in the last five days, Bill? I think Jack Sawyer. I guess we'll let him finish. No. Yeah. Let him finish. He, yeah, let Doug, so, he let Doug talk him into the Kenyatta Jackson thing. He's yeah. very persuasive, Doug is. He is. 
Yeah, or I'm just gullible. Yeah, um, I think, uh, yeah, Jack Sawyer getting a little love. Kenyatta Jackson, CJ Hicks, Mitchell Melton. Uh, second year in the defense, I think you dial up some more pressures if you're Jim Knowles. They had 56 sacks his last year at Oklahoma State um, on a defense that just doesn't, doesn't have nearly the amount of talent that Ohio State has. Ohio State's sacks per, sack production um, really since 2019 has been terrible. Uh, and that year they had over 50. In 1997, they had 53. Um, obviously, you have individual efforts that contribute to that. I don't know that they're going to have a guy like go absolutely insane and maybe post 15 sacks or something like that by himself. But I think the collective, and I'm talking defensive line, however much they use the jack position, mix in a little bit of Tommy Eichenberg as a blitzer. I thought he was really good at that last year. Maybe some Sonny Styles, blitz some more of the safeties, Lathan Ransom. I think all those guys combined get Ohio State to 50 sacks. And if I sounded skeptical of that idea a week ago, just forget that I said it because I did. The thing about the 2019 Ohio State defense and the 2017 Ohio State, de- or t- I'm sorry, 1997 Ohio State defense, was that those are two of the better secondaries in recent memory for Ohio State fans. Um, 2019, obviously, you have Jeff Okuda, you have Damon Arnett, you have Sean Wade, you have Jordan Fuller. Uh, you go back to 1997, and you have the Antoine Winfields of the world, Nate Clements, uh, Damon Moore. Like these are these are one of the best secondaries ever um, for Ohio State, and I think that you, I. I just can't get off the bus about how good I think this year's secondary is going to be. Uh, last year, the cornerbacks had zero interceptions. I believe that the cornerbacks alone this year will have 10. Uh, and I think that you are going to see a much more aggressive, much more um, active group of corners. And it st- starts with Denzel Burke being healthy. And then you throw in Jordan Hancock playing some of that slot role. Then you throw in. Um, what Davis and Egmanosin can do. I think J.R. Brown's going to play a lot of reps, and I think you're going to get 10 cornerback interceptions, including four each from Jordan Hancock and Davis and Egmanosin. Wow. So tight team, team lead there? Or uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I, I think four would probably be team lead. Now, the question is how many of those get returned for a uh, touchdown? That's a different question. Malik Hooker returned three of them in 20. Uh, 16 for touchdowns. I don't think we'll see that many, but I think you will see at least one return for a touchdown by all three, Denzel Burke, Davis, Nick and Jordan Hancock. Bill, this is exactly why Berm loses so much money on gambling apps, isn't it? He can't help himself. He (laughs) He cannot just make one bet. He is the single game parlay king. And actually, I should say he's like the popper of that because he makes no money. He's so yeah. poor betting SGPs that it is unbelievable. And he only had to make one BP at a time. And he's like, nah, nah, fam, watch this. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. I'm Here just so excited. I'm so excited that they're back. I just can't let it go. That's all. Okay. Um, I love this cornerback group. Let me just say it again. Put it out there. I love them. I think they're going to be great. Well, I think... and part. Part of what you were saying there with your bold prediction ties into Bills, I think, that if the secondary is playing at that level, like 1997, and they work in tandem, there'll be more opportunities for sacks, more opportunities for turnovers, and that would be pretty dangerous. That would be a pretty good defense overall. And it will be led by JT Tuimolau. He actually will. Bill didn't want to go down this road of one person racking up huge numbers. I think JT will. And I think he will finish with 15 sacks, three forced fumbles, one interception, 
and two touchdowns. That's a mm-hmm. single season parlay for JT to Imoloau. I think he's going to be the best defensive end, defensive lineman. I mean, what would happen on some downs if you let him go inside and kick in, play some rushman? Remember, I remember thinking about like seeing Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa sometimes getting a, a few snaps against the guard and how unfair that would be. I don't, I mean, I don't get the, any sense that Ohio State is considering doing that this year, but like, why not let him do some other things and float around? He's so athletic, he's so dynamic, he is so aggressive. I just think that you got to let him go out there and play a bunch of snaps and get as many opportunities in different positions as possible. I think it's going to be a Chase Young type season. Now he he does it very differently than Chase Young, obviously. And I'm not saying that he going to go get triple teamed over and over like the Bosa's did or anything like that. But man, when he gets if they have to go one on one because Jack Sawyer is playing well, Mike Hall is next to him. You know, Kenyatta Jackson is coming along. He's going to be in a lot of favorable situations, and I think that is very bad news for anyone who has to uh, draw 44 as an assignment on any given Saturday. That is part of the reason why uh, I have changed my mind so dramatically on the total sacks that that this defense is going to have this year because I do think a lot of these guys are going to see one-on-ones. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, and JT will get that kind of treatment from the jump because he he does have a reputation, even if the production has not matched the guys who typically get treated that way. But I think it's more likely that these guys are going to see a lot of one-on-ones, and even as the season progresses and some guys might emerge and become more productive than others, I, I don't know if there's going to be one guy you can circle and um, really kind of tailor your game plan toward on a weekly basis or else you're going to leave yourself vulnerable against other really good players. So. Um, if that's the case and they are all getting those singular matchups more often than not, then yeah, I could see it. I could see somebody breaking out and, and doing something, you know, d- double digits at least, maybe not yeah. 17, but I, I think a lot of the conversation about, you know, will they, won't they pair down the rotation when Ryan day talks about it publicly? Like, I think it's about JT Twimolo out specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, like that has to, he has to be involved in every snap of consequence. If that's on, an opponent's five-yard line going in or a five-yard line going out. JT's got to be on the field, and you know you can catch him a break every now and then, and maybe that's like week two or three. Maybe you don't even play him at all. I mean, that could be a way. If they're worried about the total snap count over the course of a season, which sometimes seems to be the way that Larry Johnson views it, then steal some in huge chunks of a game and make sure that he's ready to play as much as possible against Notre Dame, Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State. Like, that has to happen. You know, to me, the best way to lower snap counts is to have more three and outs. Uh, So, Mm. and you do that by keeping your better players on the field. So, uh, I I think that you can answer some of these concerns just by playing the guys that that should be playing the most. Now, uh, we've we've talked about it at at length in the last month. Like, this defensive line group is significantly um, better as a as a unit, there is a much higher floor and a much higher ceiling for this defensive line group than there was in the last two years, I think. So um, I, I think you will see an increase. I don't know if it's going to be JT. I don't know if it's going to be Jack. I don't know if it's Kenyatta. Um, I definitely think that you're going to see a much more productive and much more effective defensive line. I agree. Agree. Can I make, can I make two? Yeah, just lump them together. They make yeah. it the parlay, the berm special. They have nothing to do with each other, but I just want to. I want to make those are the best parlays. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm um, so good at this. The first is hyper hyper specific. Okay. Um, Parker Lewis can't lose. Is, can't lose is going to uh, kick the longest field goal in Ohio State history. 
I swear to you, I swear I was going to say the same. Like, as I was thinking before the show about certain things, I nearly, I, I, that was one of like the five or six things in my head that I was going to be like, you know what? He's going to hit a 63 yarder this year. And I was, I was going to say it. And darn it, Bill, you took it from me. Well, it only has oh. to be 60. To yeah, but I, he, it's going to be 63, though. Yeah, it's going to be. So, and here's what, how it's going to happen it's going to be late in the first half against Maryland. Because Ryan Day is going to squeeze every bit of points he can squeeze out of a game <laughs> against Michael Oxley. So he's going to trot Parker Lewis out there to kick a 61-yarder with one second left on the clock in the first half. And he's going to make it. And then his name will be on the top of the record book. He'll pass Tom Scladini, who holds the record with a 59-yarder. Uh, and, you know, it'll be a nice little way to give uh, Mike Lo- Mike Loxley a- another turn of the screw because Ryan Day likes to do that for some reason. I wonder which assistant coach Loxley will punch after that happens. <laughs> Probably Parker Fleming. Yeah. Oh, uh, you mean his own? Well, no, he only coaches it. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't oh. cross the line and punch opposing coaches. Only his own. Not yet. It's twenty twenty three. Things are oh, changing. That's, that's the true. only scenario where Ryan Day would attempt this uh, field goal that long, right? Well, I, you he did it. To, to the, he did it to Northwestern. Northwestern. Yeah. 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 55 with, yards. with Blake Howbell at the end of that first half to um, make it 45 to zero, as I recall, <laughs> very was, important to kick that extra one. That game was awesome. You got to get game reps, you know, that's true. That's true for everybody. They celebrated uh, like they'd won the Super Bowl <laughs> and Hoffield drilled that. Uh, what a weird game that was. Um, and then my fourth one that I want to tack on. And I think maybe last year I did a project, a prediction about, Ohio State having a certain number of shutouts as a defense. I do think that's hard because you get into garbage time and like teams score weird touchdowns. So I'm going to shy away from shutouts and just say that Ohio State's defense will outscore the opposing team's offense in three games this year. Oh, my. The first is Youngstown State. The second is Rutgers. And the third is Michigan State, uh, who Ryan Day also likes to beat the crap out of every chance he gets. In prime time in November. That's right. The gray wow. unis gonna be wild. I love wild that. scene. Um, you guys did. I mean, you 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 both put up weird numbers for sacks. C.J. Hicks is gonna actually lead the Buckeyes in sacks this year. Um, oh my that's, goodness! And I'm just gonna tell you right now, he's gonna have 11 of them because that's the number he wears. And that's just where he's going to stop. He's going to say, you know what? I hit my target and I'm done. And he could have that in week four. He could have that in week 15. Who knows? 11 sacks for CJ Hicks will be the team leader. Uh, and he will. Who knows? You're supposed to know. You're supposed to drill down. No, I'm just saying CJ it, it, at the Jack position. We know how much he is enjoying the possibility of playing there. And I think you're going to see a kid just absolutely wreak havoc on people from that spot. Um, he is as quick to the quarterback as you will see anyone be. Uh, and you know, all the talk a year ago about Harold Perkins at LSU, I think CJ can put up that sort of season, uh, when Ohio state lets him cut loose. And so CJ Hicks will be the team leader in sacks for Ohio state. I'm circling the number 11 and it's going to be fun to watch. I'm really excited about this defense. And I know that, you know, maybe that's, will come back to bite us in the butt, but, uh, I think that the defense is going to be significantly different than it was a year ago and i i am very excited to see how that unfolds these are a lot different i feel like season long bold peas than a year ago where it was like 
just crazy offensive number after crazy offensive number. And like, what's the defense going to do? I don't know. Bill threw one out about shutouts, and then we're just like, nah, we're done. That's it. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. It's like, uh, I think the excitement is legitimate for the defense, and it there could be really ridiculous numbers up there. I think there will be. Yeah. Um, I've said it countless times. I don't need to repeat myself, but they're going to be really good. Yeah, but you also said that they weren't going to have 40 sacks a week ago, and this week you said they're going to have 110. Okay. So Perm. I think that we've learned that we could just take what you say and sort of brush it off. Like, yeah, he, he, Bill doesn't care what he's saying. This guy just out there giving the people what they want to hear. Hey, really sometimes you get, you get new information and your Thank opinions you. change. My Thank goodness, you. Berm. Thank you. Okay, that's fine. I, I forgot that King Austin is here to, you know, Defend Bill's honor. My goodness gracious. <laughs> what are we doing here? We're all grown, man. I didn't call myself the king of bold predictions this year. I lost the crown last year. No. To who? I don't know. I don't think any of us ever got one right. Yeah, I think it's still sitting over there in the corner, and everyone's like, <laughs> I don't want that thing. Yeah. Heavy is the head curse. that wears the crown. Austin, it's what's your curse. final bold prediction? I'm going to speak it into existence. Here's what's going to happen. Emeka Egbuka is going. I wanted to tee it up this way because it's not what Berm thinks. He's going to rack up 250 yards on pop passes and end arounds this season. Mm. It's going to require a little bit of extra legwork to figure out if I get this right. And maybe they will go back to what they did last year and only use it three times. And I don't get to see one of the most effective plays that I think is in the Ohio state offensive arsenal. Unless he goes for 75 yards per pop. Well, that would work. Well, I'd still what I'd come up a little bit short then. Cause I'd okay, still need 25 so more 95 yards per pop. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're there. Then that's, we'll, we'll call that a victory. Um, it's such an effective play. He's not the only one that Ohio State can use it with. And I that's a little bit of a risk for me because Xavier Johnson might do it. I don't think it's out of the question that Marvin Harrison Jr. could do that as they move him around the formation. You could put Evan Pryor out. Like you could you could come up with five or six options to do that. I think Emeka Ibuka is the best for it. I think that is free yardage. I think when you're talking about three new offensive linemen, when you're talking about no matter who it is at quarterback at first time or like it, that play alone almost made JT Barrett win the Heisman in 2014. Like the amount of free scrimmage yardage when you have better athletes than the opponents just by popping it to them or running around the end. Like Wisconsin built an entire offense out of it for several years. <laughs> like it is, it is such a, an effective play. And, you know, Ryan Day can dial up some beautiful stuff and route concepts and, get defensive coordinators heads in knots and he's got he's had ball placement specialists and you want to put put them in position to thrive yeah that's cool but winning games is better and this is one i think fast track way to do it Emeka egbuka 250 yards on end rounds and pop passes i have a bonus Emeka egbuka bp and that's it he is actually the one that's more likely to break jackson smith and jigba's record for catches in a season uh, and i think you could see him get close to a hundred this year, like on the cusp of breaking that record and maybe going triple digits. Why is he more likely? Because of what Austin just said. If they lean on that pop pass, if you lean on the little shorter stuff, the quick bubble screens, I think he's a guy that's 
going to get more of those than, than Marv would. I can't wait until they're all handoffs and he gets 400 <laughs> yards on them and it doesn't count because they're not pop passes. <laughs> Some men just like to watch the world burn. <laughs> Oh, man, he's still trying to work oh, on those God. accents. Oh, God, what's he doing? Oh, no. <laughs> he's Bold lost for- it. He's he absolutely gone crazy. <laughs> you got any more left in there? Or are we ready to wrap it up? Yeah, that's plenty. That it, it is plenty. Uh, Bold predictions are back, uh, and that means we are just a little over one week away from kickoff. We are obviously very excited for that and to have some games to break down and then some bold predictions to make in season uh, from week to week. Thanks for joining us. We hope you have a great weekend. The last one without Ohio State football. Uh, this has been the Podcast Daily Freaky Friday Bold Predictions. That is Bill and Berm. I am Austin. See you on Monday.